0: I don't believe in burnout, in the sense that most people are claiming it.
1: Welcome to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast, the show that empowers educators to make a positive impact in the lives of their students and the education community. Whether you're a beginning teacher seeking guidance, a seasoned educator looking to excel further in your career, or anyone interested in the world of education, this podcast is for you. Get ready to dive into the world of inspiration with practical tips and meaningful conversations. Each episode is designed to provide you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that you can implement straight away. I'm your host, Jason Marshall, a passionate educator dedicated to supporting teachers in reaching their full potential. Join me as I bring in renowned experts, experienced educators, and thoughtful leaders to share their wisdom, experiences, and innovative approaches to education. Welcome back to the inspiring teacher podcast. This week, we have got another incredible guest for all of you throughout school. This woman had many successes and incredible experiences. However, she found herself unclear of where she wanted to go in her life. And at the very young age of just 19, she moved to Canada, picked up, moved. And after 12 months of being there, she decided to call Gold Coast her hometown. She's a certified personal trainer, hypnosis practitioner, neuro-linguistic programming coach and practitioner. And with this, she started her own coaching business to support women to step into the power and create their dream life. But what I love most about this woman is the fact her willingness and her drive just to make more impact in this world. So please welcome to the podcast, Miss Maggie Tilly.
0: Oh, Jace, you make me all warm fuzzy inside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all just speaking from the heart.
0: You're an incredible
1: woman and I'm super excited to have you here on today's podcast episode. Before we go any further though, I realized I've known you for what, nearly 12 months now? And yep. I feel like I haven't heard your full story, so would it be okay if you mm. share with me your full story? Um, and yeah, share with the listeners why you're even here today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You touched on a little bits and pieces in the intro. However, my journey to where I am now really started at the end of high school when I, you know, I was getting all all the questions of what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to go to uh, university? Do you want to do this degree, that degree? Get a job? Do a trade? All these things, all these questions were being asked, and I literally had no idea how to answer them. I was like, I I should know. Everyone else knows. Everyone else seems to have this clear direction and this clear path on what it is that they wanted to do. And what ended up happening was I I put myself into a pretty negative mindset of comparison and the the should, I should know this, I should know that. Even despite having incredible grades and clear proof that I am capable of doing whatever I want, I still doubted myself because I didn't have a clear direction or a clear path and it led me into exploring a few things in college because back in Tassie, we do high school till year 10 and then they class college at 11 and 12. So yeah, it's a bit interesting, the system down there, but I went to a completely new school for the last two years of schooling. And what I recognized was I I was so done with education. I was so done with the classroom learning. I was so done with math and English and science. And it's interesting how life has kind of flipped since then. But before getting into that, I I got to my last year and I had breakdown after breakdown. I was like, I have no idea who I am, what I want to do, where I want to go. I'm just clueless. I felt genuinely clueless. And the system Mm. made me feel even worse because they were pushing me to know. And 17 years old, we have no freaking idea what we want to do with our lives. Yeah. We've barely been living. We've barely experienced life. And Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with my mom about what I was going to do in my final year of school. And it was over this English assignment that was, I didn't have an exam. I had like some portfolio that I had to create and I was having breakdown after breakdown over this dumb assignment. (laughs) And it's like, I look back now and it was dumb at the time. It meant so much to me though. And Mm -hmm. my mom, I remember her saying, what is it that you want to do? Like she never forced me to continue with higher education. She never forced me to get a job. She never forced me to even stay in school. She was like, what is it that you want to do? And again, I was still unclear, but I just knew that I didn't want to go to university. That was the only thing I knew. And her permission piece for me to go do whatever I want to do really allowed me to go, you know what, I'm not going to give up on school, but I'm going to make it work for me. And it was the first moment in my life where I took responsibility for where I was at and where I wanted to go. And I decided that I was going to go part-time. somehow cheated the system and I still got my TCE. I still managed to complete school, but I only went for three days a week. Mm. And I decided I was going to do a tourism course, which would allow me to travel, which was one of my highest values, while also working a full-time job and a part-time job so that I could save and travel as soon as I finished school. My direction then led me to, to Canada. After traveling, I was like, oh. I just want to go somewhere in the world. And I met this girl and she had been to Canada and I was like, yep, cool. That's great. I have no idea what else I want to do, but we'll, we'll do that. So I kind of just started saying yes to things. Went to Canada, realized I still didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do. It was kind of just a distraction, the fun distraction. And I learned so much. Like if, if you're listening and you're not really sure what you want to do, experience the world because you'll get mm. so many answers from meeting people that are maybe on the same path or similar or completely different whatever it might be, but experiencing the world from a different place from where you grew up can be life-changing. And for me, it certainly was. And then, you know, 2019 happened and without going into all the details, we all know what happened (laughs) in the end of 2019 into 2020. And I ended up coming home. Like you said, in the intro, I found a home on the Gold Coast after being back in Tassie for less than six months, I realized it was too small that I needed something new and something different. So I made it here. And the world of entrepreneurship on the Gold Coast is insane. Every Mm. second person runs a business. Every second person is like growth-minded and ready to seize the day. And it's so different to what I grew up in. However, I really found my place when I started immersing with people who were going above and beyond anything that the school system ever showed them was possible. Uh, And over time, I I moved through network marketing and affiliate marketing. And then I really found my feet in coaching where my passion lied. Like It was not only allowing people the space to create whatever they want, but also allowing them to be whoever they want along the way. Because a lot of the time, the school system tells you you, who you should be, what you should do. So I've kind of flipped everything on its side and gone, you know what? You can be whoever the F you want. You can Mm. be exactly who you want to be. And it doesn't mean being someone you're not. It's just about showing up as your authentic self. And sometimes that requires you to learn who that is. So my whole journey has just been about learning who I am, what I want to be, who I want to be, how I want to show up. And through that, I found the passion in also serving other people. So that's kind of how I became a coach. It's, it's a very roller coaster kind of ride. And like, that's really only skimming the surface as well, but every little step, whether it felt like a propel forward or a pull back, it all led me to where I am right now. And the journey has been probably the most incredible part of my life to date. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, your coaching business, you go a lot into mindset. And I feel like that term definitely in the education world Mm -hmm. is thrown around all the time. You know, fixed versus a growth mindset. We should have a Mm -hmm. growth mindset. Can you explain that a little bit more so then I can get a clearer understanding of what's the difference between the two exactly?
0: Yeah. So We'll start with a fixed mindset, and that's definitely someone who sees challenges as an obstacle and a and a barrier to getting what they want. Right they mm. they come up with a there's a problem in front of them, and rather than coming up with solutions, they're very much like, oh, this isn't going to work, or it's just not meant to be, and all these things where they they allow obstacles to dictate their life. They just think, oh, it's not possible. Whereas someone with a growth mindset overcomes these obstacles by going, how else can I do it? Or seeing an obstacle or a challenge as you know the next step to getting them to where they want to go they see these things as opportunity rather than a block in the direction that they can go so the difference between someone who's fixed is someone who is so much in their ways that they're very unwilling to change but someone with a growth mindset is open to opportunity open to change and growth along the way
1: Mm, yeah i love it and yesterday we were at a at a conference and i heard you speak about this thing called state Mm-hmm. And how it can literally change in an instant if you decide that that's what you want. Now, as a teacher myself, I was exhausted, tired, stressed all the time. But hearing what you said yesterday just completely changed my mind. Could you share that with everyone? Because I feel like it's, you know, can literally change the world if you change your state.
0: Yeah. So the thing about a lot of emotions and feelings is that it, it quite literally is just a state and it's a lot of the time a choice. However, it's only a choice because we, So many people are unaware that they can just change it like that. Mm. So when it comes to changing a state, there's three main things that we should look at. The first one being what you're focusing on. Say you're really stressed out, right? You're stressed because you've got bills coming in. You're so busy with work. You've got lectures to plan for, students marking to do, whatever it might be as a teacher. If you're constantly focusing on the big to-do list that's ever growing, that you're never getting through, naturally, you're going to find yourself stressing out. But if you shift your focus to, you know, setting yourself two hours to start getting through some of that stuff, and then in two hours' time, you're going to spend time with your family or you're going to cook your favorite meal for dinner or, you know, it's the weekend, whatever it might be that you're focusing on, what you'll find is you'll probably end up being less stressed and actually more focused on getting the job done because you have something to look forward to. You're excited mm-hmm. about the outcome rather than the process of actually doing all the things that you're quote unquote stressed about. Then you have, your physiology which is your body language the way you're sitting the way you're standing whether your head's tilted up chin's kind of up like whatever it might be for you when you're stressed your state is going to show you're like a lot of the time you might be sluggish or you might be really hyper uh vigilant and you're like go 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 and you're on the run constantly or you're just like chowing through your to-do list if you can just take a moment to pause check your state like you might have your legs cross, uncross them, you know, um, uncross your arms or change the way that you're feeling for someone to go from stress to a really positive state. I like to think of the state confidence because it's super easy to get into. You could just put your hands on your hips, stand up strong, do it in the mirror so that you can look at yourself. There's so many ways to do that. It can also be as simple as just sitting upright in your chair. If we've been sitting down for so long, stressed about the, you know, mound of assignments we're marking, you'll probably find that from when you first sat down, you're quite tall. But when you, you know, you're getting to halfway through the pile of marking, you might have started slugging a little bit and, you know, your shoulders might be now arched over because you've been at your desk for so long. All these physiological changes actually happen without you knowing. But if you're aware of your state, then you can change them. So if you're mm-hmm. focusing on something more positive and then you're changing your state, you're already starting to change your state from stress to something a little bit more positive. But the huge one that a lot of people don't recognize is the language and the meaning that they create around the state or the around what they're doing or what they're focusing on, right? So a huge one is when someone goes, I am stressed or I am sad or I am angry or whatever the emotion feeling is that they're feeling, a lot of the time they're claiming that emotion. They're actually attaching mm. themselves to the feeling. So rather than just saying, I am feeling insert emotion, they're, which actually detaches them from the emotion, it allows it to be just a moment in time rather than a prolonged experience. So it's the same with like anxiety and depression. It's you're experiencing an anxious thought, but you aren't an- anxiety. You aren't anxious. Like you aren't physically the feeling. You mm. are just you. So. When we can remove the meaning, because unconsciously what we're doing is we're creating a meaning around that. We're embodying the emotion, we're embodying the the feeling that is associated with the, the stress or the sadness or the anger. And another way to look at it is we only know what stress, anger, sadness, anxiety, depression looks like for us because we've labeled it that way as well. So nothing has a meaning until we give it meaning. The pile of homework doesn't have a meaning around stress until you decided it did. The stress around the fact that you have to get up an extra hour earlier to get your kids to school before you can get to school, like you've created the stress around that. Every experience in our life can be either stressful, uh, confident, happy, joyous, whatever you decide, but that you give it the meaning once you give it the meaning. It has no meaning until then. So if you can focus on the way that you're feeling the way that your body is sitting and then the meaning that you're creating in any moment in any time and the language you're using while you do that your life will change like it actually has to be that simple and it's so fascinating to me that these things aren't taught in school because mm. this is life it's so simple yet it's so life changing as well
1: yeah it's it's so easy to see and yesterday you on the board you drew it as a triangle with each of mm. those elements and it just sort of all fit together and i really like it this sort of brings me to my next topic then Right now in the educational space there are so many teachers saying I am burnt out. And if we is that just a state then as well? Like what's your take on burnout?
0: My take on burnout. I don't believe in burnout in the sense that most people are claiming it, right? Like there does come a point where people have chronic fatigue and all these things and I get that there is a physical element of it, but almost I wasn't I want to say 9 times out of 10 burnout isn't real because The only, the people that I hear say they're burnt out, they're uninspired, they're unmotivated. The things that they're doing aren't lighting them up, right? So instead of allowing yourself to become burnt out, ask yourself, what am I doing on a day-to-day basis that is inspiring me, that is motivating me, that brings me joy, that brings me happiness? Because I've never met, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, but I've never met an entrepreneur that's burnt out and inspired at the same time. Mm. Only people that are uninspired and quote unquote burnt out. If you're finding yourself in a state where you're burning out or quote unquote burning out, reevaluate your day-to-day life, find something that's inspiring, remind yourself why you started. Like if there's teachers listening, remind yourself why you became a teacher, what actually inspired you to become a teacher in the first place? Because if you can hone back in on that and recognize there is a reason why you're doing what you're doing, you'll become more inspired and less drained, less burnt out, less feeling like you're just turning the cogs to turn the cogs, right? Mm. So my probably controversial take on burnout is that it just doesn't exist. And again, it's something that you've given meaning to. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, super interesting. So you talk about finding things that inspires you to mm-hmm. sort of overcome that sense of burnout, if that's what you want to call it. How could yeah. someone go and find something that inspires them?
0: Yeah. So many ways. Some examples that I like to do, I like to go for a walk without headphones. So I'm not listening to podcasts, not listening to music. It's literally just me and my thoughts and the waves if I'm at the beach or it's the, the trees, if I'm in the forest, like in the forest, I not even Australian term, I'm sure, in the, in the mountains. And I like to just connect back to nature because it's our most natural source, right? But other ways can be, it can be listening to a podcast and finding inspiration in a topic that you really enjoy. It can be having a conversation with a friend. It can be taking a moment to rest and stop. Like sometimes we're burnt out because we haven't allowed ourselves a moment to stop because inspiration actually comes from the peace and quiet of the mind and the body rather than necessarily all the external things. If you're constantly searching for inspiration and motivation externally, you'll never unfortunately find it. I really think just finding what you enjoy doing finding a meditative practice for you. So like I mentioned, walking is mine, but for some people it's chucking the Xbox on and it's like playing for 30 minutes and then they've recharged their batteries and it's only 30 minutes. Like That could also be controversial to a lot of people. If you're trying to build a business, probably shouldn't be on the Xbox. However, mm. you know, if it's your inspiration, then who cares what the other people are saying? If it works for you, it works for you. So inspiration is going to come in different forms for different people and finding what works for you and not trying to just copy someone else or the next Joe Bob or whatever, like find what works for you and allow that to be. For teachers, you know, if they're constantly going for what you work like six, seven hours a day, plus mm-hmm. all your marking. So yeah, some, go, sometimes go, 12 go. hours. <laughs> yeah, up to 12 hours, right? Yeah. But if you can find just 15 minutes in your day to do something for you, like that can reignite your inspiration as well. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I've heard a quote somewhere along the line, and I'm probably going to butcher it because maths is not mm-hmm. my forte, but it's 15 minutes of your day, literally 1% of your day. Have you heard that yeah. quote too? Yeah. So 15 yeah, minutes, 1% of your day. Surely there's yeah. something out there that you can do for 1% of your day. Super, yeah. super, super cool. The next thing I wanted to touch on because resilience is a massive thing at the moment in the education Mm -hmm. space as well. And I know that you are a super resilient person. With the new curriculum coming into Australia, people are going to find themselves in this whirlwind of all this change. How can teachers and how can us as a society become resilient to change and adaptable to change?
0: Yeah, recognising that change is happening every single moment as a human we're always changing, always evolving. Our skin is replenishing, the saliva in our mouth is constantly changing. Like if you look down to the minuscule things, we're evolution beings, we're constantly evolving and changing. But that's all internally and things that we often don't recognize. So when it comes to external change, it can be terrifying. But if you can recognize that without change, nothing's really going to happen, nothing's going to ever become better or improve, then you'll constantly fall back into this change is bad and what I find is that change can be scary but I've never met someone who has changed and evolved in a positive way and then re- regretted the changes that have happened. So if you can mm. find a way to remind yourself of the changes that you've had in the last week, in the last day, in the last 30 seconds, in the last year. And because I think a lot of the time, the fear of what's going to happen on the other side is what actually is the the problem with change. So if you can go back to a time that you remember change happened and then look at the outcome and go, you know what, it was actually for the better, or it really didn't turn out as bad as I thought it was going to. And remind yourself that you've changed thousands millions probably billions of times in your lifetime already that this next change is actually going to be amazing as well then I feel like that'll ease the 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 fear and the stress but also because that's quite easy for me to just go and say oh yeah just adapt right Mm -hmm. if you actually are struggling with the idea of change reaching out and finding someone to support you with the change can be really beneficial as well like I didn't become resilient just by you know getting back up every time. Sometimes I've had people that have had to tell me and like support me to get back up. So there there is an element of community and an element of mentorship and an element of, you know, finding people that are a step ahead of you and more excited about the change that can then help you along the journey. So without just going, oh yeah, just adapt to it. There are certain things that you can do and just choosing to do it alongside other people can be incredible and really support you in the resistance that you might be having because resilience is built over time. And you'd be surprised how resilient you are when it comes to change. It's just that initial thought that can sometimes be daunting.
1: Mm, Yeah. Something that you just touched on, which I wasn't going to dive into at all is fear and the fear Mm -hmm. of change and change being scary. Can you define fear? What exactly is it? Is it real? Is it, what is it?
0: Mm -hmm. So I did a video yesterday on the fact that fear isn't real. (laughs) And it and it's a bit controversial, me then coming on and saying it also is. I fear is just anticipation that something bad's gonna happen in the future, right? And it gets to be a choice. And I also understand that there's conditionings and all those things that are then triggering the fears. However, the real fear isn't usually the real fear. And with it's like I could make this podcast two hours long if you really dove into it. However, we won't go there. But if you're fearing change. It's not necessarily the change that you're fearing. There's something about the change. So if you can dive into the root cause of what the fear actually is. So a really great example of this is when I'm talking to people who want mentorship and their objection and their fear is around a financial investment. That's actually nine times out of 10, not the actual fear. The actual fear is something along the lines of I'm unworthy of investing in myself, not going to be capable of making that money back, or I'm going to lose that money, or the fear is actually detached from the actual financial investment. So when it comes to growth and change, what I've found that the fear actually isn't about the change, it's about who you're going to become, whether it's the successful person that you're going to become or the next level version of you that you're going to become. We don't know that version yet. And our mm. brain actually will always choose the path of least resistance unless we're conscious of the decisions we're making, right? So if there's this opportunity for change, the brain's going to go, hold up, absolutely not. We don't know what that looks like. That's scary. So it's the way that we're wired. But if we're conscious about the things that we're thinking, and we're conscious about the fears that we're having and recognizing that the fear isn't really the fear. That way we can move through the fear a little bit easier. And again, it comes back to mentorship. It comes back to getting that support and recognizing that it's just anticipation that something bad's going to happen. So if you can believe in fears, you can also believe in yourself because beliefs are also made up. Mm. So just recognizing when you are taking action out of fear and going, hey, cool, what can I believe instead?
1: And just mm. changing your
0: belief system along the way.
1: Yeah, I love that. I suppose it comes right back to the the stake triangle that we talked about earlier. You know, if mm-hmm. we just we find ourselves in that, what can we change? Is it going to be the way we're standing or sitting? Is it going to be changing our language around that and using those powerful I am statements? Yeah, super exciting. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So if listeners wanted to find out more about you, where can they go? Where are you exactly in this world?
0: The best place to find me would definitely be over on Instagram. It's just mm-hmm. at Maggie Tilly, super simple. If they're wanting to learn more, I also have a podcast, which is Powerfully On Purpose. That's over on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, a few other things. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm not hundred percent sure, but just search that up on your local <laughs> podcast thing and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, Instagram is probably the main place that you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Probably search up my name in Facebook too, if you want to hang out over there, but most of my values on Instagram and I would love to stay connected. Have any questions, drop into my DMs and yeah, let's chat.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'll pop it all in the show notes below for you as well. So if you are listening and you're thinking, I missed it, check the show notes there below. Now, my last question for you, Maggie, if you've got 30 seconds of advice to give our listeners who majority are teachers out there, what would that be?
0: 30 seconds of advice for teachers out there. I want to circle this back to the burnout because you did say that it is quite prevalent and quite a common topic is coming back to that inspiration. Like if you're feeling uninspired, then your students are probably feeling uninspired as well. So reminding yourself of why you did start the job, whether it was for impact, for change, for growth, to support the new next generation, like whatever it might've been for you. As a teacher, I'm highly doubtful that it was just for the money, that there's probably an impact thing in there. So if you're feeling burnt out, come back to that. Come back to why you started. Come back to the reason why you spent four years doing a uni degree to then create this impact and find the things that light you up on a day-to-day basis because the way you show up in the classroom is going to have a ripple effect on the kids and the children and you know it's also going to have a ripple effect on your outside personal life as well so find what inspires you remind yourself every day and go do the things that light you up
1: thank you so much for tuning in if you got value from this episode it would mean the world to me if you could take 20 seconds out of your time and leave me a five-star rating and a written review Remember, you have the power to make a lasting impact in the lives of your students. So until next time, keep inspiring, keep teaching and keep reaching for greatness.